0: Thank you So today's Palm Sunday, we're, we're going to be walking through this Holy Week. We're going to be walking through the story of Peter. Now, Peter, um, of all the lists of the disciples, the New Testament lists the apostles uh, like twelve, like probably like three or four times. And the twelve apostles always Peter's listed at the top because Peter was the leader of these apostles. Now, Peter, man, he was a dude's dude. I, I mean, how many of you watched Deadliest Catch? Right, that, that that's Peter. Like Peter is a fisherman, he's middle class. Like he's like emotional intelligence. What's that? Like uh, no clue. I don't care what comes out of my mouth. I just gonna tell you how it is, right? That's why he's gonna come to our all due respect series. That's gonna be a lot of fun. But but he just was a fisherman. Dude's middle class. Like no no, they didn't really worry about whatever. He and he was angry. He was like an angry guy, man. Like he got so angry one time he cut someone's ear off. Like. You've been angry, but you haven't been that angry. And I mean, I tell you, like sometimes I've been angry, and like the you know the Dave's supermarket line. I've never been that angry. I've never cut off someone's ear. Praise the Lord. Now, it's gotten close a couple of times though. But Peter was that type of guy. He was just a dude's dude, and he just you know he just was a, he was like a biker. Like I mean, everyone know a good biker. Like, everyone needs a good biker friend. Everybody. Like, it's just because they're awesome. I love, hey, because they just, they're just there, like, engaging with you. Like, the, you know, the most unjudgmental people i ever met in my life. Because, uh, you know, he's, he, and, and that's what Peter does. Peter is that person. Just like, Awesome, present there, engaged, and Peter has a journey with Jesus that is, I think, is so encouraging for us to follow in that. And today we're going to be hanging out in John chapter twenty-one as 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 Jesus is meeting with Peter and commissioning him to be a leader, uh, the leader of his church and the leader of this group of people, this ragtag bunch of disciples, going to tell the world what what Jesus is all about and how the resurrection changes everything. But here's what Jesus is going to teach Peter today, is this very simple idea that our ability to care and serve comes from a heart that engages and follows. That's what we're going to learn today, is the ability to care and serve comes from a heart that is engaged and follows. Now, here's why this is important. Easter weekend is one of the biggest, like, just most culturally accessible weekends when it comes to the church. And and so many of us, sometimes we're passive about our engagement with with our discipleship and passive in our engagement with the church, passive in our engagement in our life. And and I think when it comes to who we are, especially as community covenant, we need to be the most engaged people, people that are following hard after Christ so that we can see our caring and our serving be just what Jesus and pictured it to be. Maybe this is your first time here today. You're like, okay, well, wait a second. Let's go easy here. I think for you, there's no better person to follow than Jesus because he will just, he says, if you live your life like this, you're going to have the best life uh, that you were created to live. And he says, you can have, you can, if, who doesn't want to be a carer or a server? Who doesn't want to be around someone like that? And so I really think that Jesus is going to teach us something incredible. And I think just the story of Peter is going to help us move closer to the empty tomb this Easter. So here's John 21. This is Peter meeting with Jesus. Jesus, this is Peter, right after Peter, and this is right after Peter denies Jesus three times. It's right? a major moment in the Gospels. Peter has this big story, follows Christ, and then at the moment that he needs to just be passionate about it, he denies Jesus three times. And then he, what he does is he goes, you know what? This is, I'm done with this. You know, I, tried, I followed this guy. He said he was going to do all this stuff for me. You know what? Fishing was better than Jesus. Now, I'm going to go back to fishing because that's better. That's, I'm there. I, I love fishing. I know who I am when I'm a fisherman. I make money when I'm a fisherman. I do all this. I know exactly what to do. And, and they find them fishing. And Jesus meets them on the beach and says, hey, you know what? Why don't you, you know, why don't you throw your net to the other side? You haven't caught anything all night. Why don't you throw your net to the other side? And they, they pull up this massive catch. And Jesus is about to teach Peter this lesson. He says this. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these again. Remember, Jesus is holding the fish that Peter just caught, right? I love the detail of the Gospels. John says there was 153 fish, right? He's taking two of them. He's saying, you know, do you love me more than these? Do you love me more than these? Yes, the Lord. Uh, yes, Lord. Peter replied, "You know I love you." Then feed my lambs, Jesus told them. Jesus repeated the question, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Peter said, "You know." I love you. Then take care of my sheep, Jesus said. A third time he asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt that Jesus asked the question a third time. He said, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. And Jesus said, then feed my sheep. I tell you the truth. When you were young, you were able to do as you liked. You dressed yourself and went wherever you wanted to go. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and others will dress you and take you where you don't want to go. Jesus said this to let him know by what kind of death he would glorify God. And Jesus told him, follow me. And this is really a peculiar moment. And this is essentially what Jesus is asking Peter. You know, this is what he's going to ask us as his followers today. He's asking us this question, do you love me? Now, maybe I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're a little indifferent. Maybe you're not really sure. Maybe, but he's, do you love love me and he has this is really it's really specific now before i go any further i'm gonna go like super bible geek on you today is that okay can i just like dump that on we don't do this all the time but i just need to i need to just dive into some stuff that's going to help you understand what exactly is going on the new testament was written in a, in a language called greek and, and so this is your perfect opportunity to say i don't know it's all greek to me i don't know, makes sense but but you written in Greek, and there's more words in the English language than there is in the Greek language, so there's always these nuances and plays that are going to happen. So I'm going to lead you through that so that you can really get to the, the point, to the central idea of what Jesus is trying to teach. And so he says this, do you love me? The word for love is this word, akapao. And it's to regard the welfare of, have a preference for, ensure the thriving and the flourishing. Of. and so he said do you love me This is like this pouring out really passionate i want to see you flourish i want to see you thrive i want to see your welfare your holistic well-being being something so incredible and so jesus asked him this question do you love me he's holding these fish do you love me more than these do you care about this welfare this flourishing this thriving more than you care about these fish and this is what he's saying for him do you care more about me than you care about your well-being that's powerful do you care do you love me more than you care about your own well-being and and, and so he's holding these fish Do you love me more than these and I don't know what your fish is today if you go back to that last slide Audrey sorry Uh, do you love me more than these now for Peter's fish but for you, what is that? Do you care about the flourishing, the well-being, the thrive? Do you love me more than these? And he's, Peter's like, gosh, God, you know I do. You know I love you like that. So he's like, all right, if you love me, if you love Jesus, I want you to do a few things. I want you to do a few first thing I want you to do is I want you to care individually. I want you to care for my sheep, my the people, it, individually, I want you to be so good at it. And the way he, this is what he says. He says, "I want you to feed my sheep." And this is this is what the words are. It's, it's he, basically Jesus says, Baskumu mu Help flourish in every way. It's like a personal thing in nature. Like if you've ever fed a baby, like you know, with the food with a spoon, right? He said, "I want you to like care for the holistic well-being of this of this baby. I want you to feed them well, engage with them well." One time, I was feeding Channing, and I was like, "Buddy, you're eating so fast and so good. Oh my word, I can't believe it!" And Then he threw the whole thing up, right? I just wasted $3 of mush. Oh, my word. All right? so bas kumu arneon. And arnion, sheep, it meant, meant individual lambs, right? Said, I want you to have like a personal one-on-one with my sheep. I want you to care for them. Care individually. And you know, today, we're actually launching our, our community group signups for the next session because we believe in this so much that we believe you, it's really hard to follow Jesus without being meaningfully connected to other people really hard to do that and so today we're actually engaging that because we think caring for individually is actually a major part of this entire thing and jesus is saying to peter i want you if you love me like you care for me more than your own well-being i want you to care individually i want you to baskumu mo individual lambs individual lambs This is like pastoral work. It's like caring about the details of someone's life. Like, when was the last time you went through all of your week and you, tell me about your story. Tell me about the details of your life. Tell me about what's going on in you. Tell me how I can pray for you. Tell me how I can, like, and then you hear them and you know how to encourage them. You know how to edify them. You know how to engage with them. Tell me how to do this. Well, let me care individually. So Peter's like, okay, okay, yeah. And Jesus asks again, do you love me? Do you care for me more than your own well-being? I want you to care individually, but I want you to serve collectively. I want you to serve collectively. And so he says, okay, do you love me more than your own well-being? Of course, God, Jesus, I know. You, You know I do. He says, well, I want you to feed my Lands And this time he says, it's poimeno, mu probiton. He says, I want you to tend to the flock, govern and oversee. This is like shepherding work. It's like the whole crowd. I want you to collectively serve this group of people. And he didn't even know the church that was going to blow up. He didn't know the type of leadership he was going to have. He didn't know what the next 2,000 years was going to look like and all that he would mean, all that his story would encourage people. He said, I want you to to govern and care for the flock that is my people. The whole thing, this is like a shepherding thing. You can see, this is like when Jesus leaves the 99 to chase after the one. It's like this, this understanding of this entire group of people. I want you to serve collectively this is more like a big picture type stuff it's serving groups of people it's engaging with the entire churches engaging with people outside the church serve in a way that brings glory to my name care for your own well-being i want you to over i want you to help oversee i want you to help oversee engage collectively i want you to serve in this way this is simon peter do you love me you know that i love you peter says you know that i love you and he says he says well i want you to serve collectively and i want you to care individually but this is the third time he asks him he says i want you to actually engage passionately i want you to engage passionately this is what jesus jesus changes the whole thing up the first two times he says you know do you you know agapato me this third time he says i want you do you phileo me do you love me? And this is the other word. It's phileo. And it's friendship. It's, this, is like, this is like Jesus saying to Peter, look, look I, you're the man. Like, you're the rock, actually, the Bible calls him. Like, you, you got it. But you, you know what you're going to do? You're always going to obey me. You're, you're, you're not gonna have any problem doing what I say. And I think this is a, where a lot of Christians are, right? I think there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Jesus, just tell me what to say. But what Jesus is asking Peter today is not do you love me? Like, are you gonna just do whatever I ask you to? He says, do you like me? That's different. He so you'll do whatever I ask. I know you will. I wouldn't have put you where you are. But do you like me? Like, if, if you had time, would you choose me to spend time with? See, I, I think a lot of us love Jesus, but I don't think we like him. I don't think we have, like, a friendship with him. He said, man, like, I know you're going to do what I ask, and you might even go to death for the point of how much you love me, but do you enjoy me? See, because here's the thing. We can care and we can serve. And I tell my boys all the time, you gotta have two strong arms, right? You gotta work hard because if not, you're gonna be lazy. If you gotta play hard because if not, nobody's gonna like you and you're not gonna be as healthy as you need to be. You need to work hard. You need to play hard. I think a lot of times the church needs to understand that you need two strong arms. You need to care for people and you need to serve people well. Like you need to do both of those things. You need to see people come to Christ. You need to see places served by Christ. Like you need to see all of these things Happen, but none of them happen unless you engage at a passionate level. Like, if you love Jesus, great, but do you like him? Like, are you friends with him? Like, do you actually want to walk through life with the person named Jesus? Like, you understand that there's a deity somewhere, and if, you're, if you know he, he's mad at you, I need to actually get in there and make sure he's not mad. But that's not the type of relationship Jesus wants with you, he wants this intimate friendship with you, you walk through life with. As you go throughout life, you've grown in him, engaging with him. So he says, uh, it, Peter, said, when he asked him this question, he's like, all right, now you cut me deep, God. Of course, I, of course, I like you. But he didn't say that. He's, you know what he said? He's, he said, you know everything, actually. And The Bible says I grieved Peter. And there's a difference between anger Anger is more about protecting yourself. It says it grieved Peter. It went internal to him. It like broke something on the inside of him. It grieved him. And he didn't say yes. He said, You know everything. Because Jesus knows everything that's going on in our hearts. He says, You know everything. And he doesn't rely on his outward strength. By saying yes, he relies on Jesus' intimate knowledge and submits to him. He says, do you like me? You know everything, God. He says, okay, I want you to feed my sheep. And what he does is he takes the verb from the first time and he takes the noun from the second. So he says, I want you to basku muprobatan. I want you to help flourish in every way, in a likeness, a friendship way with me. The collective flocks. What he's telling Peter is this. I want you to be a heart-level engaged follower of Jesus. I want you to love the church. I want you to love the big C church. Like I want you to just not not just worry about caring and doing what I say. Not just worry about serving. Not just worried about the external, the work that you can do. I want you to love this place. I want you to love me. I want you just to be a part of it. To engage it forever. Forever. As a pastor, I always think about this. Like, would I go to church if I wasn't paid to go to church? Literally, I'm the only one paid to come here. Like, like would, would I still go? And I just think, I look at this and I say, God, could I always do this? And, the, and I always want to be not just a carer, not just a server. I want to be an engaged, passionate follower of Jesus so that I can see caring and serving come out of me naturally. I want to see no difference between Sunday and Monday so that I can see Jesus glorified all week long. He says, man, if you love me, not only do you love me, I know you love me. I know, I know that you'll do whatever I ask. You'll move all over the, the place for me. I know you'll do anything that you need me to do, that I want you to do, I, but do you enjoy me? I want you to always be engaged Because you cannot be a carer and a server without a heart that's engaged. We need to have two strong arms. This needs to be community covenant. This needs to be Christians. This needs to be the church. People that are engaged passionately so that caring and serving comes naturally. And so he says, Simon Peter, do you love me? I want you to feed my sheep. I want you to be in. I want you to care. I want you to be the leaders. See, so many times churches, they they submit their leadership over to to priestly people, like, oh, the pastor's gonna do it. And that's not what Jesus is asking us today. He's saying, I want you to lead the church. This is your church. I want you to lead the church. I want you to be serving collectively. I want you to be caring individually. As a group of people, we need to be engaged passionately. But here's the last thing Jesus wants Peter to know. I want you to be continuously following me. I want you to follow continuously. Now, here's the thing. How did Peter get to this? level, like if, if we need to get to that fourth idea here, like, like if, if we need to follow continuously, if you go to that next slide there, Audrey, like if we need to be followers continuously, how did Peter get here? Because he, this is what Jesus is telling him. He's like, hey, you're going to eventually die for my name. And he knows that he's going to do that. In fact, actually, in fact, Peter sees this, he, he's so unworthy to be like Jesus that when they crucify Peter, he requests that, he re, that he's crucified upside down. It's just big time change from where he's at in life. And and, and he just, I I just know that's what's gonna happen. But he also suggests, when he says, follow me, he's recommissioning him to follow Jesus in a brand new way. And he's saying, I want you to die to yourself. Not just, I don't want you to die entirely, although you will later. I want you to die to yourself today. I want you to follow me. Now, how did Peter get here, though? And so i went through the book of john i kind of pulled out all the major stories that had peter as the major as the major part of it And you can see you can see this trajectory now there's this tool right that the, the jewish writers would use it was called chiasm everyone say chiasm see aren't you blessed by that word it just made you feel the holy spirit all the way down to your bones right chiasm right it's it's this idea where the middle of the text the middle of the strike it's like an arrow a b c C is the point, and then C, B, A, it works its way back out. And he's trying to say, hey, right in the middle is this thing that I really want you to pay attention to, and the story of Peter has one of these. And it starts off with where Peter is called to follow Jesus, and Peter never would have thought he was going to be called to be a rabbi's disciple. It was like this thing, if you weren't called when you were 50, you kind of missed your window, and you weren't the cream of the crop. Like, if you didn't get called, you weren't the cream of the crop. And so he just is stuck there following in his father and mother's footsteps as a a fisherman. And he says, no, no, I want you to be my disciple. This would have been a massive deal in the first century. And then then in John chapter 6, a few chapters later, Peter follows Jesus when it gets tough. Jesus preaches the sermon and literally says, if you don't drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, because that makes sense, right, then you are not going to be my followers. And it says the crowd split. Sometimes the crowds don't grow when you teach the, Scott, this, the stories of Jesus. Sometimes they say, not for me. And but Peter, he looks at, Jesus looks at his disciples, and he says, are you gonna leave me too? And Peter says, where would we go? He follows him when it gets tough. But then things start to happen, maybe it gets a little comfortable. And in John 13, at the Last Supper, Peter begins to resist the cleansing of Jesus. I don't need you to be, I don't want you to be cleaning me. And Jesus says this thing to him. He says, if you don't let me clean you, you're not gonna be clean, meaning like you're not gonna have relationship with my father in heaven. You're not gonna have, you're not gonna engage in salvation. You're gonna be missing something. Need, I need you to understand that. I need to clean you. Peter says, well, then I want you to clean all of me. You see the spirit kind of beginning to engage in Peter. He's like, "I'm resisting the claiming of of Christ." You see this overzealousness, maybe that he's trying to wear too much on his back. And then, but then a few chapters later, John 18, when Jesus gets betrayed by Judas and the the, the the, the soldiers come, they find him in the garden of Gethsemane. Peter stands up and he says, you're not taking Jesus. And he slices the ear of the soldier. And we look at that and be like, of course we would do that. But Jesus lo- looks at Peter and says, I need to drink this cup. You cannot stop this. And it's this moment where Peter really is trying to hold everything on his back and say, I am going to take care of this. And Jesus says, you can't take care of this and then from there he moves to denying jesus three times in john 21 he's called to reach people he says 153 fish at the time 153 was the symbol, was all the known fish the species of fish at that time so he's saying it's like i want you to collect all of the people i want you to be a fisher of men and and then john 21 the chapter we're thinking, the chapter we're studying today is peter is commissioned to actually lead But there's this moment, right in the middle, where Peter begins to think that he can actually hold and drink and stop what Jesus needs to do. And God says, no, you're never going to stop my purposes. You're never going to stop my plans. I need you to always follow my plan, because you're never going to stop it. And many of us, I think, if we understand Peter's story, because it really is our story, is that many of us are right here. We're either resisting, we're either standing in the way, or we're denying Jesus altogether. We find ourselves resisting, standing, or denying, and, and, and really what Jesus is wanting is some sort of a mission from us and some sort of a passion to follow Jesus. He says, I always want you to follow me. He says, do you love me? And die to yourself and always follow continuously. Make Jesus the center and the Lord over your life. But even when it gets tough, I want you to do this. So that way you, that way you don't resist. That way you don't stand between me and my mission. That way you don't deny me when, with your life. But I want you to be called to reach people. I want you to be engaged in leadership so that you can see g- my glory come out of the church, so that you can see all my mission take place. I want you to follow continuously so Jesus is sitting with Peter having breakfast you know many times we see God as this big gavel with a big judge behind a desk with a gavel but but Jesus is just meeting his people over breakfast and he says I want you if you love me not only do you love me but do you like me do you enjoy me and I want you to care individually. I want you to serve collectively. I want you to engage passionately. I want you to follow continuously. So he's asking you today, church. He's saying, do you love me? And not just do you love me, but do you like me? Do you like me? Because what better verse on Palm Sunday to understand that we are announcing that Jesus is king. And not this king that's just like this white horse guy that's coming to overpower everyone, but someone to fall underneath as he's come to serve everybody. He's come to serve with his life, to pour out and to break his body and so that we can follow in the same footsteps. He's saying, do you love me? And so we read this story, this triumphant entry that Jesus brings in Luke chapter 19. It says this. He says, after telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples as he came to the towns of Bethpage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He sent two disciples ahead. Go into that village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt, Just say, the Lord needs it. Now, I need to try that, right? Don't you need to try that? You're like, I just need these two Red Sox tickets. and I, Why? The Lord needs it. Okay, great. Awesome. That's great. This is what he says. So they went and found the cult, Jesus, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, Why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. See, it works. And so they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. Next slide there. And as he rode along, the crowds spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. When he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, All of his followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles that they had seen. Blessings on the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. These are the church leaders at the time. and They were always trying to protect. They were always just at odds with Jesus. He replied, if they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. And as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. And he said, how I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. He's saying that. I just These Jewish people, I just want you to know that I'm your Messiah. I'm your Messiah. And so this is what he's saying. He's saying, look, if you love me, because here's the deal, gang, like, we're, no matter what's going to happen, the rocks are going to cry out as praises. Like, creation will worship the king. No matter what we say, no matter where we're at, creation will worship the king. And so you know what I would love community covenant to say? Is, like, the, the stones aren't going to get my praise. The stone's not gonna get my worship because I'm caring individually and I'm serving collectively and I am engaged passionately out of my heart. I'm a follower of Christ and I'm not waving my palm as a sign of power, but I'm waving my palm as a sign of surrender. And I say to this king, this glorified great king, you are worthy of all praise. You're not gonna get my stone. You're not gonna get my worship, Rocks. It was why he created humans, right? Humans are the only people that can give something back to God. And what is that? It's worship. And so we stand at the heart of this whole thing, he said, Peter, do you love me? Do you like me? I don't want you to carry this thing on your shoulders because that's my job. What I want you to do is I want you to worship me. And I want you at your heart level to be so passionately engaged that you have caring arms, that you have surrendering arms, that you have serving arms, and that, that the roots of our church will be exactly the only praise, exactly the only glory that the king will ever get. I want community covenant to be a place that only experiences and only God church because it's a church that glorifies God among all other things. We need to be carers. We need to be servers because we are engaged followers of Jesus. So he says, no, no, not today. Those rocks aren't getting my praise because we are people that praise God. He's a great God. He's our King. He's our glorified risen Savior. He's getting all of our praise. And so what we say as a church is collectively praising God for who he is, engaging with him on every level because he is exactly who he says he is. And then he comes to, yes. And then he worships, right? Look, check this. He shows up to the the city. He shows up to the city. He's not praising. Jesus is not pumped right now. He's weeping. Why? Because he wants everybody to understand This is me. I'm the Messiah. I want you to know me. I want you to think that I'm some big dude in the sky that that just doesn't like you. I love you. He weeps at the idea that this doesn't happen everywhere. See, he says, do you love me? No, God, I just don't love you. I like you. I choose you. I want you to care, and I want you to serve, but I want you to be a passionately engaged follower of Christ. See, we can't be sitting at the edges, waiting for, like, something magical to take place. No, Jesus is asking, come to me now. Come to me now. So today, church, the rocks do not get our praise because we declare more than anything, more than anyone, that he is king. He is Lord, and it's only him that gets the glory. Come on, can we get an amen on that?